1: I felt very um, silent and still and sweet in here, so it's a little reluctant to ring the bell. <laughs> and I was, I was remembering there are stories about the early days at Zen Center, San Francisco Zen Center, and. Uh, where Suzuki Roshi would ring the bell to start the sitting. And then he would, you know, sometimes he'd stay in the, in the meditation hall, but sometimes he'd walk out. And then one day, um, he didn't come back. (laughs) And they weren't sure whether, you know, was sort of a teaching, that you know, just extending the sitting, or did you fall asleep, or... <laughs> and in, in Zen, the stakes are a little higher because you're, you're you're sitting in a little more formal way, and not supposed to move, and... Um, I think in those days, people, there weren't chairs, people couldn't sit on chairs, so everyone was sort of on, on the floor and knees screaming and in the silence and then, you know, just when they couldn't take it anymore, you know oh, oh and he walks, you know, just <laughs> taking his time and <laughs> so um. I thought just this morning, I mean, I have, I have some idea of, of um, something to, a topic to talk a little bit about, but I thought if anyone has a question or something that's, you know, to take advantage of the fact that, you know, um, it's a more intimate size, um, you, know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm interested to know what you're interested in, and... Um, Something that's something that you're curious about, a Dharma topic or something that's you know, come up in your meditation practice or um and if nothing comes to mind that's that's totally fine. I'm happy to 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 share what's interesting to me, but uh Go ahead. Yeah, if you if you don't mind, just uh, I think either one of those should work. And if you just switch the switch it on.
2: When your mind is particularly active during a meditation.
1: It, maybe hold it a little bit closer. Yeah.
2: If when your mind is a little. You, yeah. Is very active during a meditation session, uh, very very active. Um, what kinds of suggestions do you have?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, thank you. Did everybody hear the question? When, when the mind is very active and active with thinking or active with yeah emotion and
2: conversations with other people conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, in a way, this is a good segue into what I was thinking about talking about. In a way, so I, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll start with that and maybe just incorporate it in. Um, one of the um, I think one of the common views about meditation is that maybe the purpose of meditation is to Quiet the mind, you know, is to stop thinking, or um, develop a state of calmness, a bit, you know, you know, some, something like that, and and of course that's part of it. That's definitely part of the practice, and um, but but for example you know, one of the ways a teacher could respond if you went to the teacher and said, oh, you know, there's a lot of thinking in my meditation. The teacher may say, what's wrong with thinking? (laughs) You know, or something. That's what minds do. Minds think. You know, and um, there's a certain approach to, um, you know, one approach to meditation or one one approach is um, to it's almost like to not try to change the mind at all, like to 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 leave everything exactly as it is. You know, the, there's a there's a there's a saying. Um, um, the student asked the teacher what um, something like, "What is the way of all the Buddhas and ancestors?" Something like that. And the teacher said, says, your ordinary mind is the way. And, you know, the teacher doesn't say, sit down and totally change what's happening in your mind. Or, you know, or totally fix or totally stop your thinking and, and, and replace, you know, surgically cut out all the negative things. Replace them with all the positive things. And that's the way. But, you know, he doesn't say that. The teacher says, your mind, just as it is, this is the way. This is the way. And then this, in the story, the student says, um, okay, well, how do, I, how do I direct myself toward it? You know. And the teacher says, um, if you try to direct yourself towards it, you've already missed it <laughs> you know if you're trying to um, make something happen, produce something, produce some experience if you're trying to um, make any kind of change there's a there there's sometimes or often there's there's a there's a kind of uh, um built in to trying to have something different is resistance to the way things are right now. And so the teacher is pointing out how things are right now. We come to practice because we think how things are right now are a problem. And um, is there a way that the mind we have right now is, is actually perfect? Is actually perfect just the way it is, and it's in our 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 our, our resistance to that that we suffer, you know. And and um, I think this style, this approach to practice, this where is is. Um, a wonderful antidote to the the, the sort of self-improvement um, <laughs> culture, or the self-improvement. You know, there's always something we can be doing. You know, we could be exercising a little more. You could be more concentrated or you could be nicer, you know, kinder. Um, and I know one Buddhist teacher who says, um, someone said to him something like, um, I thought Buddhist teachers were supposed to be kind. <laughs> and he said to me like, oh, I'm not that kind of Buddhist. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with being kind, and being kind is wonderful. But he was, he was sort of going for the side of that he almost like that he'd rather be honest than be kind and, and not that these are necessarily you know, opposed to each other but this sort of teaching is an antidote to when we you know the, the, there's a way that especially if someone has done a fair bit of meditation practice or gone on retreats or um, where there's there can almost be a sort of um, excessive preoccupation with our own experience. You know, and we can go from not not paying any attention to our own experience when we start meditating. And this is is something that's very new and very um, radically different. And you know, okay, it's possible to be mindful and develop this muscle of attention and and be here. And, And this is wonderful. Um, But it's also possible that it can veer into what one teacher has called um, spiritual narcissism. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've heard that term. And where it's, um, we're so focused on my own, you know, my own moment-to-moment experience, my own concentration, my own, you know, so this is, this is one direction that practice can go and, and it's, and it's completely normal. And it's completely, and, and then so one of the antidotes to that is the teacher, you know, um, maybe the teacher saying, you know, uh, the, the way is right under your feet, or, you know, this kind of thing, or the, um, um your ordinary mind is the way. Or um, and this is one of the things that i was thinking to talk about is that we can sometimes for ourselves notice a shift that where practice um, what becomes more alive or more interesting is not so much what my own experience is like on the cushion but sort of like the world around us you know we start to be more interested or more curious and more attentive to, to other people or to, um, you know, the the community, the center, the the people in our lives. How how is practice sort of being expressed in, in, in my life, and maybe a better barometer um, for how my practice is going is not you know so much of like you know what happened during a sitting, but Am I easier? Am I easier to get along with? Am I easier to live with? Am I, e- you know, am I? How are my relationships? Um, so that sense of sort of being more engaged with others, more um, taking responsibility for, um, you know, the, the the larger, you know, the um, the practice isn't just an inner experience, but that somehow. The boundaries between inside and outside between self and other, start to soften, and you know and so so there 's this sense of um, it 's all me in, in a way you know um. so that 's one possible answer to to your question i don 't know that 's a long <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Hey. Hello? I th- I think Am it's, I on? I think it's on. Um.
2: And I, um, I come here and have for a while, not too long, maybe a year, oh. my thinking is a source of, of uh, all my suffering, and it's without any solution. I can... Of late, and when I'm in meditation, my thinking is exacerbated, and it could be on my finances, uh, relationships, my profession, whatever it is. You know, I'm not finding any refuge. I just want moments where I'm here. <laughs> Can I have just moments where I am actually present? And uh, for example, this last meditation I just sat with uh, set in a couple minutes ago, you know, it was the worst it's ever been. And I don't know if it was because I was doing a lot of thinking driving here and just didn't have time, you know, the time I needed to kind of calm down enough to stay focused, but, you know, I just want some refuge. I want, I want to be present. And um, even as I look back at my life at, uh, you know, 57 years old, um, you know, the most intimate uh, parts of my life have been when I have been present with the people I love, either in my job or my relationship or my children. That's what I'm going to take away when I die. Not all this incredible thinking with absolutely no solution except suffering.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um... I mean, it sounds like you—you have—you know. There's one level of awareness when we're just so caught in our thinking, that and so absorbed in the, in the movie, in the storyline, in the that um, we believe that's who we are. We believe that's what our life is, and it sounds like you have. You, you're, you have the awareness to see that this thinking is creating suffering, and that there's something that can that that can have some degree of distance, even if it's just a millimeter of, of distance from the thoughts, at times, and step back and say, and say, wow, you know, and 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 you know, and that it's not being imposed from the outside. It's something that we, we do. Um, w- um, so that's great. That's great to see that and um, although this may sound like it's making the suffering worse, there's a, there's a, there's a real value to taking moments and And really feeling the suffering, the dukkha that that the thinking creates, you know it 's like really letting that register that you know where is the pain where you know where do you feel the pain in the body where you know it's like because that's all happening in the present moment, and that's using mindfulness um, if there's if there's aversion to thinking, resistance to thinking, um, the feeling like you want to get rid of it, you don't want it to be there, which is totally understandable. But it can be that it's that very resistance is sort of like what locks the thinking in place. And... um, so so, one of the practices that we sometimes teach is this practice of of noting thoughts or labeling thoughts, and I don't know if you've if you've had any you know so sometimes um you know just like we say just to almost imagine you're like a cat waiting for the mouse to come out of the mouse hole you know so you're just there you're waiting for something to happen, and then when thinking comes up and you just you know, wait, thinking, thinking, you know, this thinking is happening. You may not catch it on the first thought. You may not catch it on the 10th thought. But at a certain time, you say, okay, thinking is happening. And the whole purpose of your meditation is not to stop thinking, not to get calm, not to be peaceful, but it's just to do mindfulness of thinking. You're, you know, it's like a video game and something comes up and you're, okay, oh, thinking notice the thinking and noticing the tone of voice that you is it like thinking you know or is it oh thinking 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 with as much compassion with as much care as you can okay thinking and if and if you can let it go let it go and you know it may come back in the next moment but coming back to the body the breath and then oh thinking back um so that's one practice that I found helpful. Another one that can be helpful is, this is good, especially if you're a little bit skeptical of what the content of the thoughts are. You know, it's like, is this, you know, why you know, this is not that helpful. This is not even true, these thoughts. So this is not even, is to almost like very gently repeat the thought back. You know, this is like a form of labeling the thought. So, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, um, you're having a thought about where to have lunch, and then you repeat back, oh, thinking about where to have lunch. And you just repeat it back, you know. It's a way of sort of having a little more distance from the thoughts and... um, it's also a way of having a little objectivity if the, if the thinking starts to get, you know, thinking about um, if anyone really likes me. You know, and you're going to think about it, you, know, you hear it and you it's like, oh, that's interesting. I think, you know, and so we start to sort of get, get to know ourselves a little bit more and, and start to question the authority that we give to the thinking. You know, we suffer from thinking because we're giving it the power. You know, a thought, if you think of what is a thought, it's the most insubstantial thing. It has no color, it has no shape, it has no weight. But when we don't see it, when we don't see it, or we're not mindful of it as a thought, we believe it. And then it takes on this power. It's like, you know, thoughts are like, as one of my teachers says, are like little dictators, <laughs> you know, ordering us around and making us do things, and, you know, when we don't see them as, as thoughts. So, so this is sort of the difference between, are, is thinking a big problem that we need to overcome, or are thoughts just the most natural thing in the world? If we see them, and then it's like, oh, you know, it's like, it's another aspect of experience, like the breath, like sounds in the room, like the body sensations. Um, So all of the meditation practices are ways of sort of like disembedding the the thoughts and allowing them to just be what they are, which which is just something else in our experience. Um... I don't know if that's did you wanna do a thing something first and then yeah.
0: this was along the lines of the daily living. And um, I was talking about this with my husband last night. There's like this experience of um, you were kind of talking about noticing the world around us, this this um, wondrous expansion of oneness. Right? It's just and um and then and that's so true and there and there all the time. And yet in daily living there there's this focus that happens. Right? To get something done or work on something or resist something. Whatever, there's this focus that happens. And it feels like in the focus that expansion isn't so present, or there isn't such awareness of that. So then there develops this duality, right, where I'm going in and out and in and out, which is better than not doing that. (laughs) But is it, I was wondering, is it, is that just kind of how it is and we flow with it? Or as we develop and become more accustomed to... To awareness that then that duality just starts to sort of evaporate. We can actually experience it all as one, whether we're focusing or not. Uh, Over time, that was kind of the question. Like, is it just just a developmental thing? So, just kind of breathe with it, or is there something that different that needs to be gotten? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think so. You know, part of part of the skill of meditation practice is, you know, it's sort of like what we were talking about with thinking. Is like there is a place for thinking, you know, in life. It's you know, just like there is a place for um, all the different things. You know, you know, having conversations with people, focusing on something very particularly, and. Um, One, one, of the, one of the interesting things of, um, what that I remember of when I was living in a Buddhist monastery and talking to one of the senior students, and they were in the kitchen chopping. You know, we're in the kitchen chopping. You're not really supposed to talk, but maybe I had a question or something. And the person would be chopping, and then I asked a question. And then they put down their thing, the knife and, and then turned turn to me. And you know, it's this, this very complete, full way answer the question, and uh, thank you. And then they kind of go back to chopping, and then I, you know, had another question for the other thing, and turned to me, you know, asked the question. And then I quickly got that if I wanted the lunch to ever happen, you know, I needed to stop talking and asking questions and actually let them cook and. Um, you know so that's one that's one way of you know of i tend to associate this with a sort of zen thing of of doing one thing at a time and giving whoever you're you're with your undivided attention as much as possible and that's such a beautiful gift you know especially to another person to a child you know in some ways i think that there's um you know, cert, you know, to be sure, there's something like awareness or attention is very close to love. You know, so children who, um, children need that, they need that love and need that attention. And ev- we all need it, and we all need that. And, and there's a, you know, I, I'm as guilty of this as anyone. You know, you get an email or something, and my daughter is like, Papa, Papa, Papa. And I'm like yes, yes, and but she won't stop until I turn around and look at her, and you know, and it's like she's learned to kind of, you know, get what she needs, and you know, and and um, and so so that that kind of g- giving your whole being to someone, doing one thing at a time, really, um, we enjoy our life more when we're not, you know. S- divided and multitasking, and so, that, so there's certainly that. Um, but I, I remember one time I said to one of my teachers, was you know Mel, who's a Zen teacher. I, s- I said um, something about. Well I said to him, "Well, well, you don't. You 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 would never. You know, being a Zen Zen teacher, you would never." read the newspaper while you have breakfast, right? Or, you know, we're talking about... And he said, oh. He said, when I when I eat breakfast and read the newspaper, I just eat breakfast and read the newspaper. <laughs> you know? <laughs> See, when, I, when I drive and listen to the radio, I just drive and listen to the radio. You know? And, and so not even to be too um, precious about that, that there's something about... Um, finding the flow, and maybe this, I hope, may, maybe this is just here, between um, being present, being aware, and then having a, a sort of naturalness, which I associate as part of the practice, and a, and a naturalness, and knowing, like, knowing when is it really important to have a global awareness, like to be in the room, and to be aware of everybody in the room. And even if you're talking to one person, and when is it really important to just really be with one person and not not sort of go out? Um, one of the things that I've also um, found very helpful in relationship and in, in mindfulness with other people is to keep some of the awareness on myself and the body. You know, and there's a way of if I get totally absorbed into the content of a conversation, there's a way that I, that's actually I can be less present because I'm so caught up in the ideas and my own thinking about the ideas and what I'm gonna say next. Whereas if I hold something back and maybe even as much as 60 or 70% with my body, there's a way it can listen more effectively or something in getting the words through the body and um you know and then what comes forth is maybe more natural is more is more in tune so this so so something like that being natural having that 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 flow of
0: part of what came up listening to you and just and listening to myself was that um, actually a little bit of what's happening and that's Versus flow is is a bit of resistance ah, to the everyday, yeah. right? And so then of course that contracts and shuts down and creates the suffering. And so that opening to the moment, like you're talking about, is the opposite of
1: yes. of the resistance. Yes, you yes.
0: Know? The expansion and being in this that's great. And yet, and yet if we flow with when there's needed focus or our attention has to go to washing dishes or whatever, that does, that's, if we resist that, then of course we're not, but if we go with it, exactly. Then it's fine.
1: Yeah. So, that, that open, expansive feeling of oneness or feeling of peacefulness, that comes from the absence of resistance. And it just, <laughs> it just turns out, it's it's usually easier to not resist the sort of peaceful, calm state if that comes up, rather than you know, washing the dishes or have a difficult conversation or being in traffic. And so the practice always comes back to tracking our resistance, you know, which is another word for clinging, which is what produces our suffering. You know, We tend to think that our suffering comes from physical pain, difficult things, difficult emotions. And that's part of it. But for most of us, the much bigger part of this, of, of suffering, I'm sure is, is the resistance to it, is the, is the resistance to the mind is this way right now. The mind is this way, the mind is going 100 miles a minute, or there's a lot of irritation coming up, towards so-and-so or this or that. And practice is always the willingness to be with what, how our experience is right now. And once we really get that, it's, like it's so freeing because we're always having experience. You know, practice is not about waiting for a certain kind of experience and then being with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's about being with whatever experience we're having. And when we're really willing to be be this moment fully, that's when it's like, oh, something can release. And it's an amazing experience to have something, you know, it's like two things are happening at the same time. Something really difficult, or maybe, or something really unpleasant. And it's totally, really, really okay, you know, and those two things happening at the same time is 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 what's freeing is what's you know if we just wait until everything is perfect, you know we're just going to be waiting a long time, and you know good good luck one one of our, one of I remember one time I asked the teacher in the kind of a formal question and answer. You know, the Buddha teaches that there's suffering and there's an end of suffering, right? And so I asked the teacher, is there an end of suffering? Is there an end to suffering? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're suffering? Okay, congratulations, you're alive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and was <this laughs> <is> like, what? <laughs> but the Buddha said, <laughs> there's an end of suffering. And... Yes and no our, you know some suffering may end, and some suffering may get sort of folded into our life you know so we 're not separate from the suffering you know and it's it's not a pro- you know our problems are not really problems anymore you know we you know we've we've opened and opened to the, to the extent that um It's, it's just us. It's, you know, it's just who we are in this moment. And, and we have the understanding that this moment is going to change into the next moment, and into the next moment, into the next moment. Um, so, yeah, thank you.
0: It seems there's no end mm-hmm. to a part of me wanting things to be exactly how I want it, whenever yeah. I want it. <laughs> yeah. It just goes on and on and on.
1: And, and it's and beautiful, and seeing that, and seeing that, and, and what is it to, um, to, to fully open to that part of ourselves that really deeply wants things to be different, you know, and giving care and love and kindness and, and bowing to all of it, you know, bowing to the part that wants it to be different The part that knows it can't be different, the part that you know well it has surely there has to be some way it can be different, right? Part part of part I think a big, big part of practice is 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 coming to a deep acceptance of our humanness, of our humanity, of our the impermanence of the of the of the mind that's never going to really be the way we want it to be, you know? And that's really okay. You know, it's not about... Practice is not about getting, you know, getting the mind finally to be how we want it to be. um, You know, it's, you know, maybe this coming to this deep acceptance of the messiness of it all. Um, And... um, and the messiness of other people, you know, that we're all some mix of awareness and awakening and delusion. (laughs) You know, it's, it's like, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully we're, you know, there, you know, there's, more and more awareness coming in, and but you know it's it's all it's always going to be a mix. Um, and I, one of the things I notice of people who uh, who I admire in practice, who I feel like who have some kind of maturity in practice, is this. It's almost like this sense of surrender. You know, they've surrendered to. Um, life as it actually is, you know. And um, sometimes it takes some, some truly deep suffering, some deep separation from something we love or someone we love to really jolt us out of, you know, that sort of ongoing fantasy of like, oh, it really can be, other than this. Or really, it should be different. Things should really be different than the way they are. And um, so that, that sense of surrender, of deep acceptance, of, of just bowing to it all, you know. And then, and then in a way, meditation practice becomes not so much this chore or this, you know, this sort of like fighting against the, the currents, of uh but um but really the celebration you know and it and it's not and we're not so you know we we just know sometimes it's going to be like this sometimes it's going to be like this sometimes the sitting is calm and and relatively quiet and you know and sometimes it just feels like we're being thrashed around on a, on a you know with a lot of turbulence, but it's okay. It's, you know, that's just the way it happens to be, you know. Um, Is there anyone, anyone else who hasn't spoken who would like to say something, or... I feel like, in a way, um, I think these were all such great questions, and they, and and, and, and in a way, it's, it's. Um, it makes a big difference to how we experience our sitting, how we experience our life, to, to to sort of be clear, you know, to some extent of what we're doing. You know, when we sit and what, you know, um, uh, without judgment, without... Um, um, You know, but, but but really looking at you know wh- what's happening right now, and then how am I relating to it? Is there is there is there resistance here? Is there pushing this away, or is there acceptance? And just you know, just noticing. Um. And and I I really appreciate the sharing about the, the you know I can feel this the the. Um, you know, the, the, the suffering that can come from, from, uh, from thinking. And um, I, I, I have a lot of trust in this practice, a lot of trust in, in, in you know, over and over the, the magic of being willing to come back to this moment and how, how, what we're experiencing in this moment and being willing to face it and be with it, even if it's a lot of thought, thinking, even if it feels um, like it's endless, that, the courage that it takes to sit with our minds, however they are, is, that's that's the magic, that's what um, that's what makes an opening to uh, to being more present, more free, more, more um, accepting of 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 ourselves as we are and of other people as they are you know the more we can accept ourselves the more we can be with others in in a in a in a free way when we have a lot of um when we're not patient with ourselves that's you know probably true that we're not that patient with others as well so you know it, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing that we're Um, offering to ourselves and that we can then share with others in our life so i thank you for your practice and your willingness to sit in the fire
0: (laughs) Uh, thank you